Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Hood Healing. No, wait. Yeah, I don't is think it it's on. on. No, I don't think so either. Let's see. Hello. There it is. It sounds low, though, for some reason. You sure it's on? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I feel like mine's louder than yours. Let's try it again. Testing one, two, okay, three. Okay, there, there we go. There we go. Well, we are... <clears throat> We have a little bit of fan noise in the background because it's hot again, as per usual. Don't ask us why this global warming is not meant for people. <laughs> I want it to be chubby cold people like me. Check on your fat friends, please. <laughs> We're not okay. Um, well, welcome to Hood Healing. Today we're going to talk about our best friends and healing with our best friends. And by that, we mean the furry friends, our furry friends. And, um, the other day I saw a meme and it was like, you know, um, my therapist telling me that getting animals is a trauma response. <laughs> and I was like, I feel personally attacked. So as many of you, um, may or may not know, I have four cats <laughs> and two dogs. Um, our dogs are Apollo and Charlie. They're sequestered outside currently because they bark. Well, Charlie's the barker. And oh, my Lord, it sounds like somebody's mixing something, but I think it's my neighbor. Um, anyhow. And we have four cats. Two are kind of like belong to the streets. M Miko and Swarles Barkley. Swarley. I did not pick that name. That, that cat used to be my sister's. And we have two other cats that are the more pampered cats. And that is Guillermo. Guillermo de la Cruz. Your favorite. Well, he's just very tenderhearted. He's a big fluffy orange cat. And he sometimes makes appearances on our social media account. And he's currently staring at me, giving <laughs> me like the death stare. And then his brother, um, his roommate, as we call him, um, Nando, is a black cat who is just like this. Just I, I can't. He's a cat that turned Frank from a non cat person to a cat person because that cat just was like the sweetest little kitten to him. And he just, I think that healed part of his heart that needed that little tender love. So anyhow. Tell us a little bit about how your animals <laughs> have helped you heal. Well, let's talk, let's first, before I do that, let's talk about your animals. All right. So we have Mr. Sully. James P. Sullivan. That's correct. Sully and, uh, we got Sully when he was a baby. Uh, so he's an original in our household. Uh, Sophie uh, is a rescue dog. We actually rescued her from Arizona. She's from the hood. <laughs> Sophia, the hooker with a heart of gold. That's right. This is Sophie. She has a very serious underbite. I think we need to post pictures of the animals on our Instagram and our TikTok today so people can get the visual. Oh, what they look like. <laughs> But I, we always joke around that Sophie is like the old hooker on the street who gives advice. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was sex workers. Uh, so uh, 
she just has like a very rough look to her, but she's the sweetest thing you've ever. That's Susie's best friend right there. <laughs> she's so sweet and she's very caring and loving. Yeah. But you know, the streets have not been kind to that no, girl. They, she, she has a barking problem that we're trying to work on. She has very high anxiety from um, PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I love both dogs. Both of them. Yeah. Well, um, I've always had a cat. My dad is like a collector of animals. Now he's like, he doesn't want to have animals because he can't handle what happens when they die. He has a really hard time with it. And, you know, he just doesn't have the emotional capacity to handle the, you know, challenges of having a pet because you do get very, you know, attached to them. And uh, like, I think it's been <clears throat> four years now. We had a cat named Oliver. He was another orangey. I've had lots of orange cats throughout my lifetime. So I have a very special affinity for them. But um, he was like my baby, my yeah. OG baby. And we had to put him to sleep. And that was so devastating. Even Frank cried. It was so sad. And so, um, you know, we get very attached to them, but also like animals love you unconditionally. Yeah. You can have like the, the worst day and act like the biggest asshole. And they're still like, yeah, when just as soon as you walk in they're they're excited to see you, whether you're an asshole or not. I know I yell at Apollo sometimes cause he'll just do stuff like I'll be cooking dinner and he'll want to be like, right. He'll, I don't know why he does this. I'm like, bro. If you really trying to kill me out here, you know I feed you, right? That's Sophie with Susie. Susie will be cooking and Sophie's right there. Like Susie has maybe almost stepped on her like I don't know how many times. Yeah, so he basically like will jump or you know, he'll like go between my legs. Like if I'm walking, he's like trying to <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to do. But um if I yell at him, he does this little face where he's like, oh, mama, please. You know, he does his little sad face. We always say he has a word look on his face. <laughs> that he looks like he's trying to figure out how to pay the rent. <laughs> oh. He grew up with Sully. Yeah. They both graduated together. They went to school together. Got their diplomas and they still don't listen. <laughs> All that's cool for nothing. We paid we paid like $75 to go to PetSmart <laughs> puppy class. And these fools are still wilding out out here. It was enjoyable though, to see those weird people, huh? Remember those weird people? Oh my gosh, yeah. It was like children of the corn. Like there was this family that um, <laughs> we're going to hell for this. Um, so this weird family like the parents never talked the little girl talked for them and i thought well maybe this family like doesn't speak english and the child's translating you know because like yeah. we know how that goes but but they were like <laughs> but they big, spoke english I so i was like too. i was like okay what what's going on here like it was really interesting the and they had would even snap her fingers at her dad it was fucking crazy, dude. She was like 10 years old. She was like running the household. I was like, what is going on here? And she had, they had two like, um, they look like Doberman pinchers. Yeah. And anyways, it was really interesting. And then there was one girl, like a younger woman who had a husky that was like, so off the hook. <laughs> I was like, I know our dogs and our dogs, I think we're just scared. Like we're, we were like the mean Mexican parents, like you know. <laughs> I mean, Sully listens a little, but I think he's just so spoiled that Susie's like, that's why he doesn't listen because you have him that way. 
Mm-hmm. Putting his best. Que va when you have your baby? That's what everybody keeps saying. Honda says that, uh, <clears throat> she's like, every time I think of Sully, I think of, uh, what is that pet movie? It's a cartoon. Secret Life Secret of Pets. Secret Life of Pets. She's like, yeah, she's like, I just see Sully being so sad in a corner <clears throat> like when you guys have your baby. <clears throat> Because he needs, like, he needs your guys' attention all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's going to be all depressed. But, you know, they they get, like, the thing is, is that when you have your animals, like, they get, they adjust. Like, they need that a little bit. It's like people, you know? Yeah. I think that's the thing about animals. Like, you know, um, we, so we fostered Guillermo and Nando before we adopted them. And their history was that, like, they got found in a cardboard box, literally, and um, so they were pretty much raised by people like they were bottle fed and everything. So I think that's why Nando's so good with with around people like <laughs> we're having a movie night and this guy's literally big chilling out there watching everybody running in front of the screen back and forth so people can see him. He's a little character. But um, but Guillermo's very like scared of people like he has. It takes a while like today when he went up to you i was like oh this is a big step for him yeah. because he he is not really you know that kind of cat that will go up and do that but especially when james is around. oh shit he, she's <laughs> he's like run for cover we have a friend that's very like loud and you know has a lot of energy and i'm like dude you need to bring that energy level down if you want to get around the cats because they're not having it but i do think like you know, when we're like as people and we've had trauma, our neuro neurological systems get so activated that it's the same for animals, especially cats. I, I've read that they're much more like sensitive. So when, you know, he obviously something happened to him because he's just like terrified. It took him a while to even he would either. It was so funny because like if I would move him. It, like move them together to like clean out because we had like a little playpen for them I'd clean it out or whatever and I would move them into like the guest room he would cling on to Nando so tight like literally like grab him and it was so cute but at the same time it's like he was so terrified of everything and then little by little we just kind of like made it where we tried not to, you know, like if I, this is a, a thing when I clean on Saturdays, that cat disappears for like four hours. Legit. Yeah. Oh yeah. For he'll just go under the couch and he'll come out all sweaty. Cause he's been like seriously having a panic attack under there. So I really try to like a lot of times what I'll do is I'll kind of trap him in like the bathroom or the guest room so that he's just like somewhere and I do what I got to do. And then I put him in our room and usually he's like sleeping and stuff. But, you know, I think when there's been times that have been really like hard or, you know, like when I had COVID, he was like there. Was, right? Oh, he was all up in the business crying at the door and I would put a mask on. I read that cats, if cats do get it, it's they said it's a little bit harder for them to get it but if they do it's pretty mild so he was literally just chilling sleeping with me but he would cry because he kind of knew like <clears throat> i was a little bit you know sad because yeah. i was it was my birthday weekend i was supposed to be and have you were you missed the dodger game it <laughs> 
I wasn't depressed about that. <laughs> yeah, you were. <clears throat> Especially after the experience y'all had in the parking lot trying to get out of there. I was like, thank God I'm not there. I think Susie had a fucking anxiety attack. Like, she was just like, we're never coming here again. We're never going to. <laughs> Next time you want to watch a game, we'll watch them play the Angels. And I was like, that's not fun because they're going to beat the Angels. You know what I'm saying? Like, but. After a while, after we gave her a bag of hot Cheetos, she came. Well, she please was able to direct, calm down. please direct hate mail <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but it's so crazy how they sense like your moods, yeah. everything about you. Like, you know, there's been time. I remember when Charlie was pretty young. Um, I think she was maybe like a, a year old. Um, Frank found out that one of his. Um, his aunts was sick, had cancer and he got off the phone with his mom and he started crying and she ran right over to him and was like licking him and just trying to like cheer him up. It was so crazy. Cause it was like, how do they know this stuff? And even now, like, you know, there's been times where Apollo just looks worried when I cry. He's just like, what's going on? But Charlie's very much like, I need, like, she'll put her paw, like, she's hitting me, like, stop, stop. <laughs> I'm like, let me feel my feelings, Charlie. But I just think about the fact that they just love us so much. We can, we can, you know, they're not sitting here. Go like, I feel like when you are as a person, like, you know, people love you. It always feels conditional. Yeah. And we always talk about how Sophie judges us when we're eating. <laughs> she just really sits and like, fuck, y'all eating again? Uh, but Sophie's the same way as Charlie is. Um, whenever, mm -hmm. like, Susie will cry or I'll cry, like, she'll come over and she'll put her little head on our our, uh, our thigh or, or she'll just be there trying to get, you know, trying to get in and, and you know, her eyes are all watery or whatever. Um, but and Sully, well, Sully's in his own world. You know what I'm saying? This is Sully's world. We just live in it. Uh, but Sophie was a rescue dog from yeah. Arizona, like I said. Um, and it's crazy because the same way that you say Nando um, or Guillermo has some type of trauma, I think Sophie does too because she doesn't like guys. Like, it takes her a while to come around. Like, she's good with, like, Caesar. She's good with Frank. She's good with um, Susie's dad. Um, you know, and some of the, like some of the, well, she used to be good with my brother too. Um, but it takes her a while to, to get comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's crazy because when we first got her, I remember I got home from work one day and I had taken off my belt and she was looking at me while I was taking off my, my belt. And as soon as I took off my belt, like she literally ran underneath the bed and she was like shaking. I told Susie, she must've gotten abused by Maybe not her her prior owner or, or someone must have been hitting her with the belt because oh, she literally thing. booked it when when I took off my belt. <clears throat> um, but she's good now. I yeah. Think. She doesn't like people, though. Like, whenever we have people at home, like, she'd rather be in the room than to be out there. Sully loves people. So he'll want to be pet, petted. He'll be crying if you don't touch him. He wants to like, be picked up. Yeah, he wants to be picked up. And um, he when he was a baby, he didn't like to cuddle. He likes to cuddle now. Oh yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Number one cuddle bunny. Um, and I think for us, I think Sully was, he came in at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I remember we had got him after, I believe it was after Susie's miscarriage. Um, <clears throat> we, 
we thought we would get a dog you know what i mean like just to comfort her to stay with her for a little bit and i think he really helped her like a lot but it's crazy because now whenever one of them gets sick or something like i told you like this is it like no more dog like no more because i don't know what like what what, what i'll do yeah it's (laughs) hard because it does take a toll on you like when so when i got oliver i was still single I just started dating Frank and this cat was like not having it in the beginning. Like Frank would spend the night and he would, <laughs> he would run across the head of the bed in the middle of the night and slap him in the face <laughs> and then run away. <laughs> and this cat would sleep on top of me next to me, wanted me to spoon him. Like he slept with me until the day he died. Like he was, Oh my gosh. And I remember like, even when I had um, Emilio, he was like, he would sit next to my belly. Um, and when I had the, you know, when we were like, hey, man, we got the baby in the room. He was, he for like a month stopped grooming himself, which is like a sign of stress for the, for cats. Because he was like so used to being there. And I just said, look, what li- literally I did this one day. I said, look, I love you so much, but I got to take care of this baby, but you'll be able to sleep with us again one day. And, <clears throat> and then he was okay. And then of course, yeah, he came back and then we were in a queen bed. <laughs> and now all your, all your, oh my gosh, you guys. we were in a queen bed with Oliver sleeping in there. And then we had, a uh, you know, Frank and the baby and it was, it was like, oh my gosh. And then we got Charlie and then Charlie was there too. But um, yeah, but now it's like us, Apollo, Charlie, <laughs> and the two cats. And your dogs are not little dogs. They're not little dogs. They dogs. sleep at the feet, but they're still big. You know, Charlie's a big old girl, and she likes to be in the middle of us sometimes. But, um, you know, I feel like even just, I and to me, holding a cat like that, it just loves you and is like, likes to be held, that's Guillermo. But when we lost Oliver, I just was so devastated. I remember telling Frank, I'd never want another cat. There's never going to be another cat that's going to be like him. Because I could literally, like, he was a lap cat. He would go outside every now and then. <clears throat> but um, he would sit on my lap at night while I watched TV. He'd let me hold him like a baby. He'd follow me in the morning to the bathroom and wait for me to come out. And then, you know, he would follow me around the house and, he was just like my, literally my first baby. And when, when I lost him, I remember for a whole year, I cried. I couldn't even talk about him. I couldn't look at pictures of him. Like I would just start crying. And <laughs> this is funny. Cause I remember I went to work and this is like a newer coworker that I hadn't, she was like, how was your weekend? And I started crying, you know, cause I just lost him. And I'm like, Oh, I lost, you know, um, my cat and, and she was just looked at me like I was a crazy person. And then someone, um, someone was like, what, you know, who did you lose this weekend? And I'm like, Oh, my Oliver. And they're like, Oh, your kid, your kid passed away. Like she was like, all freaked out. I'm like, it was my cat. And she was like, Oh, <laughs> she thought it was a bit, but it felt like that. Like it, well, I'm sure I obviously I'd be much different if it was my child, but I, it still was so devastating because like you just love them so you you know so much and even though they're a dog or a cat like I feel like 
dogs and cats are good ways for people to feel safe, to like love unconditionally. And I think that's why it hurts when we lose them. Cause you know, we're always like, Oh, should I give as much to somebody? Are they going to give that back to me? I'm going to clone some. <laughs> you can. I told Susie, <clears throat> I want to, you know how many people were mad at us when we freaking, uh, we snipped him. Everyone's like, you should have had at least a set of, you should have at least had a set of babies before you guys clipped him. But, Susie was like, no, because, you know, Susie's like, all these people that start breeding dogs, they start selling them. And then people that they sell them to end up not fucking taking care of them. Like, you Take end up them to seeing, the damn pound. Yep. You end up seeing these damn dogs, like, fucking caged up and, like, or fucking, you know, out on the streets and stuff like that. So Susie was like, nope. She's like, we're, we're snipping this sucker. But now I wish you would have at least had one. One puppy. Yeah. One other little silly. Oh, well. You know, he's sorry. Gosh dang man, this heat really jacks you up. Yeah, yeah, I know. Now I got you you going too. <laughs> but you know, I yeah, like I, I always look at I have a picture of Oliver and I'm like, Oh, I wish I, I miss that cat so much. Maybe he came back as Guillermo. You know what I think? Because since we've had um since we've lost Oliver, we've gotten Apollo, we got Guillermo, we got Nando. Miko doesn't really count. <laughs> Miko's from the streets. That, Dude, fool's in the, that, that fool, is... that fool is like the freaking. He's like Tupac on that movie Juice. Like he's just out there wilding out, crazy wild. He belongs to the streets. He we'll does be, what he does. We'll be leaving your house, and Susie will be yelling at Miko from outside. He's on the roof. Yeah. Huh? Should he's... be telling him to get him. Should be telling him to get inside. He, he he goes on the roof of our house, our neighbor's house, and he literally will beat the shit out of any cat in the neighborhood. So our our neighbor, she feeds like ten stray cats. She she's like none of the cats come back now, and I'm like, Miko's doing the Lord's work. But um, <clears throat> every night we hear a cat fight, and it's him. And then he comes in, and he's like all scratched up. But um, but they all have like certain qualities of him. Like Apollo follows me around the house constantly. He is like sleeps with me every night. <laughs> If I get up at nighttime and go towards my room, there he is. He That's starts Sophie. he starts going. Guillermo is the one that during the day he'll want me to hold him. He'll cry for me in the morning. But he's not as like attached to me as Oliver was. Nando is very so the other thing about Oliver is that when we got him, my best friend um Laura, who I lived with we got two cats. We got Beatrice. And we got Oliver. And she took Beatrice when we when we moved out. You know, I got married. She took Beatrice, who was like this little black and white cat. She was like so moody. Beatrice, <laughs> Laura, what the hell? Laura, Laura would call her bitchatrice because she was like a little bitch sometimes. She's passed on too. Like she passed away like a few years before Oliver. Oliver was um like just very social we would literally have parties people would be drunk passing on the couch and there'd be oliver just watching it happen walking through the party all chill like he was a very chill cat like and that's nando like we'll have 
it's like walking around the house chilling he's so funny because he'll like we'll have movie night and he never fails he runs across the wall behind us and everyone's like there's your cat and then i'll try to get him and he'll run away from me he's such a little demon cat sometimes but you know i think he's gonna end up like nico he's gonna be a thug well he is also very pampered so i think he he like needs to you know come inside he's he's really funny because at night he'll like his tummy rubbed he'll lay on his back he loves to snuggle he likes just to be held and to fall asleep but i think we got him during the pandemic and i'll never forget we were kind of like fostering them and nando jumped on the couch next to frank sat next to him he was like a little fat chubby you know kitten and frank was watching the world series it was the only year the dodgers won the world series in the 2000s (laughs) i think that you are secretly a dodger fan i tell Susie all the time i say lydia is a secret she's secretly a dodger fan i'm not but i've never met anyone well i've met a few people actually that really hate the dodgers but i think that you are as you're secretly a dodger fan and you're okay to come aboard we welcome (laughs) we welcome new fans with open arms i i don't hate the dodgers i deeply dislike them i don't i don't hate anything the only thing i do hate is um homophobic and transphobic people and trump supporters yeah but other than that um you know so so nando watched the world series with frank and he literally and he does this he'll watch tv like he'll just go next to frank and watch tv with him and then he used to jump up on like frank would hold him and he would jump on his shoulder while frank was like working so frank would be typing and he'd be on his shoulder like Bien, she's also looking at his computer like what is he doing and um i I just will never forget like he would always want to sleep next to frank so frank would like put his little arm out and he'd you know be laying right next to him and and frank does not did not grow up with animals i don't think he ever had a pet and honestly listen uh this goes especially out to my mexican people that have dogs that stay in the backyard, never bring them inside, or they don't like cats because they say they're evil and they have the devil in them, which is what my grandma used to always say. And we raised our child with animals. And I feel like animals give you this level of empathy. And I think also it takes a really special heart to have an animal because they're so vulnerable. And if you're really taking good care of your animals, like that's building the empathy in in you you know i gotta give a big shout out to someone who is amazing with her dogs liz oh yeah all the way in arizona she loves her dogs like she has luna uh dino and shorty who passed away rest in peace shorty. oh shorty um but she is amazing with her dogs like she has then it's in arizona but they i mean they'll they'll they sleep outside she'll bring them in once in a while but she has like this big old pool for them to go in uh she has misters for them she has a fucking outside ac for them like so you know she she takes really good care of her dogs but then you have other people who like you say neglect their dogs and just have them outside you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and that's when we go back to where Susie didn't want to you know have sully you know yeah 
have babies because she's like, there's people that want dogs and they're all lovey lovey with them in the beginning and then they fucking yeah once they get to be older they're not babies anymore and you know animals are so much work like you know i feel like honestly in some respects uh, our dogs have been more work than our child and it's you know because it's like there's never a time when you'll be like hey here's 40 dollars and pizza we'll see you later you know you really have to take the time with them but but again you know I feel like for me my animals have always come at times where I haven't had the skills to deal with something that I'm struggling with emotionally and they really helped that process for me like they've helped me to which is probably not the best the healthiest thing it's like oh i'm gonna get a cat because i'm feeling this way i think some of the the reason why i got like charlie and is because like when we couldn't have another child i felt like having her someone else to take care of would really help that wound because like when you can't have kids or you can't have kids anymore like Yes, you can process that, but at the same time, it's like, well, then what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's always going to be that like hole in your heart, which is why I have six animals. (laughs) You know, now, now, obviously, I've been able to process that and heal from that. Like, you know, there's so many kids in our our life, like our godchildren, my nephew, that have really sort of helped heal that peace you know it's like yeah sometimes having kids in your life that you're helping to raise or helping to you know share your your wisdom with or to help you know support like that comes in different forms like it might not be your own child biologically but it might be you know you have those relationships with godchildren or with your nieces or nephews or you have four cats and two dogs two big dogs but um but you know i just i feel like for me like i i have quickly realized i think god had a plan for me he's like he's like bitch you know you don't be wanting no six kids even though you think you did you know and um i just I especially no tea, no shade, no lemonade to my dogs, but my cats, I love them so much. I think because they're just, they play hard to get. <laughs> That's probably part of it. <laughs> so your cats are your favorite. Well, no, well, I it's love a good thing. Charlie I love and my dogs Paul are outside and they can't hear you say this. <sighs> no, I do. I love them. And sometimes I'm like, Charlie, please, please. She's very thirsty for attention. So is Sophie. I'm like, girl, what did we do wrong? <laughs> I think Sully came at the right time, you know, for both me and her, because um, I think we got Sully a little, a little bit. Um, it was either a little before Lito passed away, but then when Lito passed away, like I think he was, you know, when Susie would be at work or whatever, it was just me and Sully, and just you know him being there, you know, talking to him and stuff like that helped me out a lot. You know what I'm saying? And I know he helped Susie a lot as well because. Susie would cry a lot and she would hug him and, you know, like cuddle him and stuff like that. And now Sophie, um, she loves Susie so much. Like that, that dog is loyal. Like she is loyal to Susie. Like she will follow Susie. Like if Susie, 
gets up to go to the restroom or something. There she goes. When Susie got her surgery recently, um, Sophie never left her side. I mean, the only reason why she would stay away was because Susie's mom was like, no, she'll jump on, on Susie and hurt her. So, But I, I know it's going to hurt Susie when we get them out of the room because they sleep with us, not on the bed and stuff, but they have their own little bed, but they're they're going to have to go. Susie's mom's like, they're going to have to go because so- Sophie will bark if she hears any noise. She'll bark, and you've heard her bark. That yeah, little she'll bitch scare barks the hell out of your baby. Loud. So yeah. I told Susie, like, now it's time for her to go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Both of them. Because Sully will not go away too. from the home, just but to clarify, but from the room. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, it is hard. Like, we've kind of been transitioning our dogs, like, out of the room, too, because we've noticed that, that our sleep has been affected by that. Like, because Apollo... Okay, first of all, Charlie barks at everything. And that dog can hear everything. And her bark is scary. Her bark is very loud. And, (laughs) okay, I'm sorry, but when I sent you guys this, I sent them, Susie and you and Frank, um, a a ring video of me yelling at her (laughs) because she scared the fuck out of me. Our male person comes every day, same time. This bitch be barking and barking at, and I'm like, like yesterday, I or no, was it this morning? I'm like, please leave that man alone. He is just trying to do his job. This dog is freaking barking like Cujo, like literally. That's how she sounds. She sounds like, and um. So anyhow, I was sitting in the living room, and when you're sitting on our couch, you can see the the male person because you it's facing our front door and. <laughs> I'm sitting there just chilling, enjoying my morning iced coffee. And this dog fucking goes ham right next to me. So it's super, super loud. And I'm like, God damn it, Charlie. But the windows were open. So I know the male person heard too. And then I was so embarrassed because like she she kind of, I think, got a little like startled because I started yelling at the dog. But I but you could hear it from the ring camera. And I'm like, this freaking dog just scared the crap out of me. But um, but two, I think she's so hyper vigilant because she's so protective of us. Like she just loves us so much. I don't know about Apollo because Apollo literally will just look around like, "What's she barking at?" <laughs> That's like Sully. Someone can fucking come in the house and rob us, and they'll just be looking at like wanting to get petted by these people that are robbing us and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but Sully's the same way with the mailman, like. He fucking flew out the window the other day. You saw the video. That shit was, it was funny, but I, I mean, it, it was scary at the same time. Because yeah. imagine he would have left or he would have ran across the street grabbed or him. grabbed him because he loves people. Because so he's a little white dog and yeah. you know, Mexican people be loving their white little dog. So if he would have like ran up to someone that was calling him, he would have left and we would have never, never seen him, seen him again. <sighs> yeah. Well, we saw that ring video too of yeah. him falling out. I didn't think it was funny the first time, but after that, I guess it was, it, it was pretty funny. You know, the only reason we're laughing is because he's okay. He, yeah. he obviously. And I was knocked out when this happened. So, well, it's funny because Susie was like just chilling <laughs> and she turns, she, she's on her phone and he puts his paws up to the screen. And just he fucking literally pops flew up. out the damn fucking window. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was funny. But, you know, I think it's so nice that, you know, like 
we have these animals that have just provided like comfort, you know? And there's a lot of people that have like emotionally emotional support animals. And I think like for my dad, his cat Buster, (laughs) she's a little asshole. Okay. Sorry to say it. I love cats so much, but that cat, she will literally give a dirty look. Like she hates me. I know. Me. We walk over here when we walk inside. She has a fucking sangrona face, like yeah. sourpuss city. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> all the time. You know, um, I I don't I don't really care for cat. Well, now I do because I think it's because of you guys. You know what I'm saying? But before I, I was scared, I was fucking scared don't. of cats too. Like. They would fucking run after us by Elita's house, you know what I'm saying? But these guys are nice. Those are feral cats, man. Like freaking Miko probably has already scarred like half of the kids on our block. You know, cause cause Nando's like a lover. Yeah. So Nando's just like chilling and and freaking Miko will come in and he's so rough. Like he'll come and attack him and he'll go, he's all scared. Guillermo. And there's Guillermo's watching us, judging us fiercely and then there's garfield over here yeah he's the funny. Garfield. he's you can tell like he's learning how to trust us more and he's becoming like more feeling secure because he'll cry like he's more demanding yeah well, i heard him right now oh, like, i know i'm like all right i'll hold you like sometimes he just wants me to hold him and cuddle him up and stuff and or he wants a treat because we bought these treats for them. They're called, first of all, they stink. They smell like tuna fish, like Ew. serious tuna fish smell. There he goes. Oh, he's on, on the, the move. move. Watch out, buddy. <laughs> and he like, I'll just like shake the packet and they'll just come running. It's like cat crack. Oh, shit. Like they'll start like biting the package and everything. <clears throat> so, but you know, I think it is, it's been nice. Like, there's different ways in which people can heal. And I feel like, you know, some people use music, some people, you know, I think a lot of people should go to therapy to start their process and like process their trauma with a professional, like get some skills. But I also think there are other ways in which we need to continue our healing. And, you know, there's lots of modalities out there now, like, you know, sound baths or oh, we still gotta go do that. I know, man. We still haven't done it yet. You know uh, Crystal, Crystal Merlin, or oh, Crystal had actually invited me to one of those. So maybe we should go with them. See if they know of one. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sound baths. Um, you know, meditation. Like, there's so many other things. Like, people do yoga, like to regulate your body and all that stuff. But I think too, you know. one thing that can help is definitely like having practicing like these relationships with like our animals, like loving unconditionally loving and accepting love. Like, I think that's one of the things that we oftentimes have trouble with is like letting people love us. Yeah. Cause we feel like it. Well, (laughs) Well, and sometimes we feel like, oh, we're being a burden to somebody, so we don't allow them to, like, love on us. I think I was, like, frank, though, too. Like, it's crazy how attached I've gotten to Sully, because I didn't I didn't really have dogs. Like, Alita had dogs. 
you know what I'm saying? Um, Lita had dogs, but I've never had a dog of my own. So when we got Sully at first, I was kind of like, oh, well, he's for Susie, you know what I'm saying? But then after I got attached, like even the first trip we took to Mexico, her family was asking us to stay another week. And I was like, no, I want to go home my with Sully. Dog. I kept asking for Sully, like my little brother took care of him. And I would text all the time, like how Sully sent me pictures. Like, uh, and it's crazy because it's a dog, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just so crazy to me. Like, um, or when um, or whenever we go somewhere, Susie fucking wants to. If Susie could take them everywhere, she would fucking have you too. I bet. If you can take your pets anywhere, you could go. That's Susie. She wants to take them everywhere. Like the only reason why they, they don't go to the store is because Sophie would be barking at everybody that passes by. <laughs> <laughs> well. <clears throat> I think if you exposed her more to more things, then maybe not so much, right? But, but two, I think, like, you know, we just love them. We love yeah. them so much. And I, I, you know, it's like they're so, they're, and I think when we love kids and babies, like, it's the same way because we get that unconditional love and then when they start getting more what we call like autonomous, where they're making their own choices and they're, you know, they're making their own opinions, then sometimes our love will shift where we're like, okay, you know, you're starting to be this way or that way, whatever. When it's like, what's the risk of us loving someone unconditionally if that's what's in our hearts? That was beautiful. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dogs sense though that there's something coming home. You know what I'm saying? Like soon. Like oh, they, like baby. Yeah. You yeah, should I get remember, him a little doll and start practicing. Well, Susie says, like, she keeps saying, like, where's the baby? And they both turn around, like, also, like, I think she says it so much now, like, they're both, they're like, turn around, fuck? like, what the fuck is that? What baby? What? I think Sophie will be, like, like, whatever. I don't think she'll care, but I think Sully will be crying because he'll want to be about the baby because... I think Sophie is going to be the dog that's going to take care of the baby. That's it's going to be Sophie's going to be the one wearing the little hats and the tea parties <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> with her with her massive underbite. Oh, <laughs> she's so cute, though. Susie wants she's going to be like the little dog in an in despicable me. <laughs> a big old fucking underbite and the, the tea party. Susie wants to fuck Lita bought us like this big old pack of like a bunch I of bows i saw them i'm like did she buy all the bows in the yeah, eastern they, seaboard like, or what she bought a bunch of bows for the baby and as soon as i got them and i showed them to Susie, the first thing Susie wanted to do was put one on sophie i was like no those are not for sophie those are for the baby oh. she's like there's two of each so sophie would get one and the baby would get another oh, one. oh they can match Man. oh that would be cute Benita and room. Sophie BFFs. <laughs> Sullivan's like, whatever. Ugh. I remember how they used to put the girls, the twins, uh, bows on Sully, and he would look like a girl. Like, big time. <laughs> he looks like, every time I, it's so crazy, because his eyes look like a person's eyes. I always tell Susie that. Like, literally, like, it kind of trips like, me I out. I always tell Susie, I think, <clears throat> like, Lito came back at Sully. I'm not even kidding. Like, I always tell Susie, like, and he loves Lita so much. Like, he whenever Lita would will come to the house, like he cries and he'll like wait for her to sit down on the couch and then he'll come over and he'll lay on Lita and he will not leave her side. Like they stopped by the house last week and <laughs> Lita was sitting down and as soon as she got there, like he was crying. Like we hadn't even opened the door yet. 
she wasn't even out of the car and he was fucking crying and as soon as he saw Lita come out like he lost his shit I saw Susie I think Sully's came back crazy well you never know because like you know there's these there's always people that strongly believe in reincarnation like buddhists buddhists are believe in reincarnation and you know but his little human eyes i'm happy speaking of buddhists when we went to the japanese festival it was you know like a buddhist church because japanese you know traditionally are buddhists and so we went into the temple just to check it out and you know we are we have stopped practicing Catholicism because they're homophobic and transphobic. And so I was, you know, we've kind of been thinking about like, okay, you know, are we going to go back to church? Are we going to find a church? Like, you know, I think religion hasn't been a huge part of our life. Like, in a meaningful way, I think it's been a huge part because, you know, when you're Mexican, there's so much that revolves around that. And um, so Amelia and I went into the church because they had a pride flag and he was like, they have a pride flag. And I said, y'all have to know there's a lot of churches out there that are, you know, inclusive and accepting. And so and we went in and they had a pamphlet like talking about the church and what they believe, like what the Buddhists like values are and stuff. And it's basically like, you know, we, you know, live in this world and you know, it's basically, you know, their belief is like, you're like trying to help people transcend past this idea of, well, I have a house, I have a car, that's happiness. Like, it's like higher than that. Like, you know, and they had a little section on the bottom that was like, you know, we accept all people regardless of their gender identity, their sexuality, their, you know, um, and, and I just thought that was really, amazing that they said that because right now it's just so hard because you know imagine going to a church your whole life you know what i mean yeah that was what i'm telling you i think i said on 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 the uh pride podcast um how i would always go to church with my parents on sundays and then i cut my hair and that was it like the priest would every time had something my dad would always want to be sitting in the front so whenever we would sit in the front, like in the priest would make eye contact, like he would start go off subject and start talking about. He was all gay people are going to hell. Yeah. He was talking like, about gay people. Was like, I'll see you there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I mean, I don't know. And I wonder too, if like, that's a reason why your dad got mad. You cut your hair. Cause it was like, then you were really out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're really identifiable probably <laughs> they're like ain't no doubt no i don't i think i, I think everybody knew though like Girl. i mean too like how do you not know like i was probably looking at the same lady you looked at when she walked by the store like at the store you know what i'm saying you know oh my god did i tell you who francisco's teacher is yes she did my elementary school crush is was a teacher and she is now my little cousin's uh teacher so this, I told, this I, fool over here <laughs> <laughs> trying to revive your kindergarten crush. i swear i was like when when my aunt told me she's like you'll never guess who francisco's teacher is and i was like no way miss franks 
<laughs> she was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, what the? And I told Francisco, like, hey, your teacher's pretty hard. He goes, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to learn my ABCs. <laughs> what you talking about, girl? You're going to uh, be up, all up in there like, I'm here to volunteer. <laughs> I'm here for the field trip. <laughs> my I'm, little free, I'm bag. free every Friday. Yep. And you're going to put your kid in that school. Just <laughs> I told Susie that's where the baby was going to go to school. But Susie wants the baby to go where she went. Which is cool because it's right around the corner from Mart. Okay, house, well, so. you know, there's a. Oh, we're just making making sure that uh, no one interrupts our podcast today because, you know, there's wild kids yelling outside. Kids outside. Soccer. Someone was chopping up body parts. It sounded like someone had the little chainsaw. It's I was like, neighbors. I know. I know. You never know. You see all these people, like all these freaky, freaky people going on and doing all kinds of stuff. They're like, he was normal. And I'm like, no, he wasn't. Jeffy Drama. Jeffy Drama. Well, he was fucking weird as shit. That, that was a good show, though. I know, but it was just, that's so disturbing. I think someone needs to do like a study on serial killers because like a lot of them are white men. And like, there's this new serial killer in Staten Island. That's why if I see there a is? fucking white guy that looks like Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here because it's just fuck disturbing. And there's a lot of fucking uh, sex trafficking. Like kids, did you hear about the house uh, that they ended up breaking into? And there was a bunch of kids in the house. Oh my gosh! I fucking tell my sister all the time. Like, make sure that what she does because she's really good with the kids, well, but. I always tell her to keep the kids close. I know. Like, I just, I just think it's so weird that all of a sudden it's like everyone's always talking about this when it's kind of been going on for a while. Yeah. You know, I feel like they're kind of, I don't know what's going on, but you know, definitely, I think it does speak to also just so much like unresolved trauma that people have that they start to like victimize people like they've been victimized so they continue this like cycle and it's like you have to either get you know the support or help you need I think that <clears throat> you know if you don't have the support you need that's when you can go down that road that you're you know people are are getting into these you know, these activities that are, that are so harmful to other people and, you know, stuff like that. And, and I just think, you know, when we are able to process trauma or have people that are really supportive, like you had your grandparents, you know, that really, I think helped supported you like your grandma, you know, it's like, you just also need that one person who believes and validates what you've been through. Yeah. Because, you know, <clears throat> There, you know, there's really, I, I just think about, you know, the fact that there's so many people that are, especially on social media, that are like trauma dumping. And that's where people are and and which I think is different. You know, what we're trying to do is we're not telling all these details of our traumatic events. We're just saying we've been through these things. This is the things that we're doing to heal ourselves. But we're not like going into detail about our trauma because, number one, it's not helpful for other people. It actually could trigger other people who are listening. And number two, it's like I had this mentor that when I did like training, he would always tell me like, 
why are you telling this story? Is this story to help you or to help the people that you're telling the story to? And I always think about that, especially when we're talking about, you know, like the stuff that's going on in our lives. Like, you know, how much do we hold back? Because, well, it's not anybody's <laughs> business. Yeah how much is helpful to people so they can at least identify with a similar event and, and hear about the strategies that we're trying to do to protect ourselves from re-experiencing that. And I think that like I, I was, which I need to really reduce my time on like, you know, TikTok, but like when I'm posting stuff for the podcast, you know, like I'll scroll through and this one girl's like literally putting it, she's like, get ready with me while I tell you how my husband cheated on me. And I'm like, girl, what the fuck? fucking please go to therapy. Like this is obviously an open wound for you. I can see her talking about like, you know, my husband cheated on me. It was unfortunate, but this is the things I'm doing to heal. Like that's helpful to people. But I feel like people are trauma dumping as a way to work through their trauma. Or to get likes and get followers. And that's- yeah. And they and then there's people who are using trauma as like a way to engage people like salacious, you know, content. And it's like, well, number one, you are that's not very trauma informed. You're probably re-traumatizing people that have been through that experience. And number two, how does that story serve you in healing and moving on with your life because there's some people (laughs) there's this one lady literally her whole platform is like her her story about how her mom uh and her ex-husband had an affair that's what (laughs) girl and you know what's so crazy there's like three women all blonde who have the same story and i'm like this is weird like there's really mothers out there doing this to their children. Like it's so crazy, but it's just like this dumping of like, let me just keep telling this story. Um, and I think one, probably for some people, I feel like that's a way for them to shame the people that have hurt them, which I really try not to do that in my own retelling of stuff. I'm sure I've done that before. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we have to figure out how we're, how we're going to change our own story because I feel like if we're telling the same story all the time, yeah, I think for me, and this is just something like it had clicked this weekend. I'm, I've decided like, I'm going to stop telling the story because I don't, and I think it was a way for me to kind of like prove that I am not the bad guy in this. I think I think a lot of people know that you're not the bad guy unless you're in that group that you are referring to. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I always thought that I was a bad guy when it came to my family. You know what I'm saying? And after the podcast, like, went out and, you know, I got hit up by family members and, like, friends and stuff like that. Like, um, like I said, like I, I mentioned one one time on the podcast, too, like, someone told me, like, I didn't even know you were going through this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just thought you guys were all so fucking close. Also, like, and it's like, because that's the way you're, you, you're raised to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're raised to show people that you're okay, that everything's okay, that we're perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's not, that's not the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that, you know, some of the relationships that I, that I've had lost, you know what I mean? Like, 
before I started the podcast, like a lot of them like are getting better. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that, you know, will they get even better? I hope so. You know, and if they don't, then I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like going to therapy and, you know, talking about everything that's going on has helped me become a better person and has helped me be okay with whether these people stay in my life or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that I don't think you're the bad person, Lydia. I really don't. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think that, you, you know, there comes a time where you get tired of having to fucking take every like keep everything inside and i think you've done that for a long time and and like i always say i feel like you and Susie were on the same boat and i think that Susie, as well you know would always take a lot of bullshit and i feel like she felt like she had to because she's she's my partner you know what i'm saying and i think that's how you feel too but i mean i think it's okay for you to still talk about it you know what i'm saying like i feel like it's okay for you to still talk about what hurts you or, or what's bothering you you know what i'm saying or what's helping you become a stronger person but i don't think you're a bad person and i don't think a lot of people think you're the bad person if they know the real story you know what i'm saying yeah well and you know i saw something this weekend and it was like you know don't get into this place where you're like telling your story to prove to other people you just have to like let it go to the point where you're like who who those who know me know me and they're gonna they're gonna know what kind of person I am, and those who don't are still gonna believe whatever they want. And you just ha- you can't control that. Like I cannot control how people are gonna perceive me or perceive the situation. Yeah. And so I think I try to control that by saying like this is this is why I'm doing what I'm like almost like having to justify why I'm reacting in a certain way when it's like, well, but you're not me. You don't know how I feel about this. You don't know like how many times I've had to deal with this or whatnot. But two, it's like, I have to, I I think I just like have to get to this point. And I feel like I'm very close to getting to this point where it's like, people are just going to believe what they're going to believe. And I'm, it's not my job to prove my worth of having respect of having you know um it's like you don't gotta like me yeah (laughs) you know yeah because imagine if we sat here and tried to prove ourselves i know we would fucking be here like all fucking day it'd be like episode 51 (laughs) and i think that i think you and frank are better off now you know what i'm saying like you know on your own you know what i'm saying like away from all that drama and i mean I wasn't even part of the drama that you guys were in. And I fucking, like, people fucking pushed me away. You know they what I'm pull, saying? They pulled you into the yeah. drama. And, and you know what I'm saying? But I don't feed into all that shit. Like, bro, you want to be mad? Be mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, someone that I thought was close to me ended up fucking, you know, deleting me and doing all this other crap. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it's like that you got your own issues, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you got your own issues, take care of that shit. And then whenever you're ready to come and talk, then we can talk. You know what I mean? And I think that you, I think that's how you should be too. Like it just, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like with my family too, like, you know, I miss my brother, you know what I'm saying? Like I miss talking to him and I always get asked. I actually got asked today, like, Oh, like how are, you know, how is the family? How's your brother? Yeah. I don't talk to my brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of them i don't even know why we don't talk you know what i'm saying like we yeah. were so close at one point and the other one well he knows what's going on you know what i'm saying but he's never gonna we're never gonna sit down and have that talk because he's too prideful you know what i'm saying and in his eyes he's not wrong 
and i can sit here and cry and keep talking about this shit on the podcast you know what i'm saying like and it's it's not gonna get me anywhere so i'm just kind of like whatever if we end up talking someday in the future and you know he hears me out and i hear him out you know what i'm saying then cool if something if we get close again you know then then that's cool if not then that's just part of life yeah you know well and i think too it's hard when you like want to like if you have the emotional capacity to do that work and you're like yeah i want to i want to do this like i want to repair the relationship but you know those people are never going to be in a place where they emotionally are willing to even accept their part in it or apologize like apologize not just to pacify someone because i think that's a mistake a lot of us make is like i'm sorry because i know no you need to i'm sorry you realize what what you you did what are you you sorry for right yeah yeah and i think that that's like the big thing it's because it's like we can apologize and people do it all the time like oh i'm sorry but it's like do you know what you're sorry for yeah what are you admitting to yeah because like you know and me and Susie talk sometimes like Susie would tell me like if you miss your brother call him you know what I'm saying but I told her no because he if I tell him and I repeat to him again why I felt the way that I felt why I took him off social media why I distanced myself from him he will he doesn't get it you know what I'm saying like he won't get it because he has his own beliefs he has you know his thoughts and as as everybody else does you know what I'm saying but to me it's like i'm done you know what i'm saying like and yeah it's hard and i love my family you know what i'm saying like i have i have a big heart you know what i'm saying like and i love them and i will always be there for them whether if they need me or whatever but to me it's like i didn't do anything you know what i'm saying so yeah. i'm at peace with that you know what i'm saying and i think you should be too because you have not, you have done nothing wrong they might have labeled you as this villain in their stories you know what i'm saying but you're not the villain because people people tell their part their story and and it's basically most 99% of the time it's fucking lies you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. especially when you have others that are backing them up you know what i'm saying well and <clears throat> you know part of uncovering like the dysfunction and saying like hey you know what this isn't the healthiest thing we're doing over here and it's hard because like even for my own family i point out a lot of stuff that's unhealthy or like hey man like that's and one of my sisters was like you're always so negative you're always telling us what we're doing wrong and it's like because you guys keep fucking doing it even though i'm telling you like i don't want you to talk to my kid this way i don't want you to say this i don't want you to talk to me like this it's like well then you're you know and you keep doing it i'm gonna keep telling you you know but then I think the emotional maturity of being able to say like, Hey, I'm, I need, I know I need to change that and I'm working on it. Or like, I didn't realize that that hurt you. And I apologize. And I'm going to work on that. Cause like, number one, we can't be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think people get so wrapped up into this idea of they have to do everything perfectly the first time. So when you call out bad behavior and they know they can't do it, like they that's something they have to work on it can they, it can put a lot of people in that defensive place you know and i think that's gonna be you know those are the hard conversations a lot of families just want 
the tension to be done, everyone to go about their business and not ever talk about what happened, but it just builds up and builds up and builds up. I you think know? I did that for so many years. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, I did that for a long time and, and, and never got anywhere until finally I put my foot down and said enough is enough. Basta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I mean, it's hard because, uh, well, it's not hard because I think you can still be Christian. You can still believe in God and not be homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or at least, you know, I think when people are literally saying things that are derogatory about you and a part of you, like, you know, you being gay is not everything about you. You're so gay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is a part of you. And if, for, for, if I were to say like, you know, oh, well, I don't like that you're gay. It's like, well, you're telling me you don't like a part of me. Even if, you know, there's people that are always like, well, I love you, but I don't, I just don't like gay people. It's like, but I'm a gay person. That, that's my, those are my people. Man. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's where people are missing it. Like they're not seeing that part. I mean, there's people I've, I have been seeing people, um, on my social media that are liking stuff that's very transphobic. And I'm like, motherfuckers, I have a trans ch child over here oh, and your fucking ass is about to get deleted. Delete those fuckers. You don't need that. You know